Hello, and welcome to episode 273 of SMARTS, which as we all know stands for... Somatic Memory Activation Reveals Timeline Shift. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's a thinker. My name is... No, that's not the thinker. That's a different character. I know. <laughs> My name is Rudiger Koo Podcaster, a.k.a. Trevor, and your name is... Julia Gulia of Internet Fame, dash, podcaster. Very good. Yes. So we have one little bit of news this week, and that's some casting news and other information about the Black Adam movie. Ooh. So it was announced this week that Pierce Brosnan will be playing the role of Dr. Fate yep. in the movie, which is pretty great. <laughs> so awesome. The fan art. The fan art, guys. And we also have a release date for the movie. It's going to come out on July 29th, 2022. Did we put that in our calendar yet? <laughs> uh, no, not yet. Okay. So that makes for a pretty packed 2022, because that also includes um, The Batman, The Flash, and... Uh, Aquaman 2 are also slated for 2022. So it's going to be a lot of DC movies wow. that year. Assuming that none of them get bumped. I know. If any of them are going to get bumped, it would probably be, well, I don't know. The Flash, maybe. It seems like The Flash is finally happening because they're, like they're finally casting people. Yep. So, um, Yeah, but that's the only little bit of news we have this week. That's awesome. So what was your comic of the week? Um, I can't remember. Uh, <laughs> your comic of the week was Batman Black and White number four. Right. That was a good issue. Um, it was, it, it had some stories in there, obviously, Um. But all the stories were really good, and I just enjoyed it so much. There's not much to say. I just, I just, of all the comics I read, I enjoyed this one the most. It's I think that uh, your favorite story in here was the ghost story one with. Uh, I'm trying to remember who exactly did that one. Oh, oh it was it was Carl the Carl one Kershaw. with maps. Yeah, it was Carl Carl Kershaw, Kershaw which is hard to say fast. Um, in the writing debut. Yeah, which, what a not only what a hit, art, but also his writing debut. Yeah, mm -hmm. what a hit! It was that was that was awesome. And who doesn't love maps? Um, What's her last name? Mizuguchi. Mizuguchi. Okay. I almost said Miyaguchi. I got the letter wrong. Okay. But yeah, I love her. So. And there was a good uh, there was a good Joshua <laughs> Williamson story in there. And I'm trying to think who else. Um, Becky Cloonan, I think, did one also. Um, yeah. So there were, there were some good stories in that one. Yep. So I picked Batman White Knight Presents Harley Quinn number six, which is the conclusion of the Batman White Knight spinoff series that we've talked about before. That's awesome. Um, I was going to honorable mention that one. <laughs> th this was a really good ending. Um, the art. You know, it continues to be really good. The yeah. writing was also really good. Um, it was a good ending. Had a nice sort of touching conclusion. Mm -hmm. uh, set up the characters for some interesting stuff in the future. Um, I don't. Nothing further has been announced for this universe. I imagine what would be next would be um, the third book in the in the main arc. You know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, the white was was it always called was. Yeah, it was White called Knight? the White Knight is the yeah. was the overarching name, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the third Batman White Knight book, which will presumably deal with him being released from prison right. years later, and um, so but that hasn't been announced yet. But I have to imagine that John Mur Murphy is working on that because they've they've said as much as that this is they're trying to create like a whole universe of books around this this concept. So that'll we'll probably hear something being announced about that soon. Yep. Yeah, that's exciting. I love it. So I hope they get the same artist too because. Well, it'll be Sean Murphy doing the art on the main on the main book again, just mm -hmm. like he did for writing and writing and doing the art, just like he did for the first two, I imagine. Right. This style is very, very good. But if it's they do another spin-off, they should keep the same artist for this for, they for future spin-offs, yeah. Yeah, they should. <laughs> so should we move on to your activity? Ready. Okay, so this week we're returning to rate more MCU supporting characters. Okay. okay? So number one we have Ned Leeds, which is Peter's um, best friend, oh, uh, best school friend there. Awesome. Um 
I feel like you don't know a lot about his family and his personal story, but you get a lot of Maybe because we know nothing about his family or personal story. That's right. probably why it feels that way. Yeah, which I think maybe if you're best friends with somebody, some of that stuff comes up, like Peter should go over to his house once in a while or something, or be barred from going there because of XYZ family drama. I don't know. But um, it just hasn't come up. But at the same time, I feel like we understand who this character is in terms of they're, they're the qualities that make him a good friend to Peter. Um, so I'm going to say four, just because I love his, his interactions with them. He was also the first friend that ever knew that Peter Parker, like even before Aunt May knew, his best friend knew. And <laughs> I, I love their bumbling around while they were still trying to like maintain the secret identity. They're like, just come on, when it was still like fresh and new. Um, I like the interactions in the movie um, where they go to Europe. Um, I don't remember. Far from home. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I just I like his appearances. So I'm going to say four. What about you? Yeah. Four. Yeah. Said four. Um, so number two, Shuri, Black Panther's sister. Tech, uh, tech genius. Yeah. I love her to pieces. I actually really, really like this character. Um <laughs> She is a powerhouse. She's got the scientific mind. She's got strong creativity. She has, <laughs> she stumped um, <laughs> Bruce Banner and, and um, Tony Stark <laughs> with just saying, why didn't you try to, uh, try to um, do the systems in a parallel sequence instead of trying to attack it in, in one, like one go. And the both of them just kind of look at each other and they're like, because we didn't think of that. <laughs> Um, she's, she can go toe to toe with those two amazing scientists. So that's really wonderful. And, and she's a fighter too. And she's got a great moral code. I think she's one of my favorite female characters, favorite characters overall, um, in, in the whole universe. She's really up there. So I'm going to give her a five. What about you? Yeah, I think I'd say, I think I'd say four. I mean, in her four, first appearance, right, she played the little sister, right? And she had her quirks, like, with the science and stuff. But you really get some development in the subsequent movies. Um, and you get some more depth into her identity as a strong force in and of herself. So, and I'm pretty sure she's going to be the next Black Panther, too, right? Like, that's what... I mean, that's what happened in the comics, but uh, I think I would rather keep her as a supporting character and give it to... Um, Lupita Nyong'o's character, uh, oh, the, the love interest from the first right. movie, whose name mm -hmm. I can't remember. Something um, like Nikki, or just because she has more of a, a her name. more of like a combat background too. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, yeah. So she'd be able to get in there and mix it up in a similar style, and that way you'd keep Shuri in the supporting like tech genius role. Yeah. Um, which I don't think she really had as much in the comics, so I think that it makes as much it makes sense to, to go that way. Yep. Plus, Lupita Nyong'o is like a bigger star. You know, she starred fair. in her own movies, and yeah, she's like a bigger fair. star in Hollywood than um, Letitia Wright, I think is her name, yes. to play Shuri. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's the way I would go. Or introduce a new character, like you know, like Batwoman Maybe. style. Introduce a new character and then have the existing characters be like, wait a minute, you're not worthy of this right, mantle right. or whatever. Like, we'll see what they're doing. I mean, they're writing it right now, so right. so they, they have a plan, presumably. Yeah. Um, but the one thing we know is that they're not recasting T'Challa. Like no, not, that's a bad they're, idea. They're pro presumably going to do a thing. This is where having your character be in a head-to-toe yeah faceless suit uh is a benefit because presumably they'll have a thing to explain early his... on where he's in the suit and he dies on a mission or something mm -hmm. 
and you can get away you can do that in a way that you couldn't do with say Carrie Fisher because right. you have to see her face unless you just shoot it off from behind or whatever right. hopefully they're able to do it a bit more elegantly than the rise of Skywalker did uh did with Leia because that kind of felt like they were really riding yeah, around really I mean were. it's nobody's fault no. there's no probably no good way to do that but hopefully they're able to come up with something a bit more elegant here mm -hmm. um so number three Talos this is uh the Skrull um Ben Mendel Ben Mendelsohn's yeah. uh Skrull character yeah, the first scroll we meet, um, and the introduction to the whole war thing through his eyes. Oh, he's great. I love his sass, and I love his heart. So I'm going to say I think they did a really great job, especially with the twist at the end. And the way Ben Mendelssohn played it was so perfect. It was just pitch perfect. It was exactly what you want. Like, he's been fighting a war. He's been at odds with these people. He owes them nothing. But at the same time, he's for lack of a better word he's like got this human heart that we can understand and empathize with and he has a family at home he's been in a the role of the suppressed not the suppressors like we've been led to believe by propaganda and lies um he 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 has a conscience he has a code and all of that comes out in such a beautiful vivid way that you can't help but really like this character so i'm gonna say five i just really like it and ever since then i've been like ever since then his every single appearance has been either funny or really strong so yeah five he's a five so i, I was a little put off initially by him until we got to the end of the movie right. because i'm like the scrolls are supposed to be this I'm, I'm i don't know what you call them, almost like the not the borg because they're more individual but just in, like this 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 sort of but they're also kind of faceless in the sense that they can look like anybody, sure. right? Yeah. So this sort of like faceless, unstoppable force that mm -hmm. you know, invades and takes over and so on. And then They've you been see painted as a swarm of. And then you see, invaders, but it, but in the comics, sure. they they are the bad guys. Oh. Well, we've talked about this. In the comics, they are the bad guys. That's why it was a big twist in the movie when you discover that they're basically like itinerant refugees, right? Right. Um, so I'm like, oh, well, they're going to do, they're going to be the bad guys in the movie. And the movie makes you think that they are they going are. to be. And then you see him and he's all like quippy and stuff. And I'm like, why do they have to have the, another quippy villain? Can't they have like a threatening, menacing bad guy like okay. like, like Thanos, right? Like why do, why do most Marvel villains have to be like quippy? Like all the heroes and villains have to be quippy, right? But then you get, you get deeper in and you're like, oh, it's because he's supposed to be like a, mm -hmm. an average guy and relatable, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. so then it, then it sort of fell into place for me. Yeah, and I really like him. I'm watching it again with that knowledge is you, he's great yeah and you know his little fun appearance later in another movie and yep. then we're going to be getting he's going to be one of the stars of the secret invasion series with samuel l jackson too so that's what so we're going to get great. presumably some sort of big scrawl story that they've never that they haven't really done in the movie right yet. they were working on it because i i can tell that they the marvel has got those those cogs are turning in the background well this, the, the, the way they said the it final up last scene time. in far from home was exactly. setting something up and presumably oh, yeah. this is it even though it's still going to be another couple of years before we see it and the little post-credit sequence of wandavision also leaves um, a hint or two right I mean Captain Marvel 2 I imagine which is what that was setting up will probably also do some work to set up well, Secret it's gonna Invasion have, yeah, I love even if how the scrolls, even if the scrolls is, aren't no. really a factor in well that's set up yeah you're right I mean I mean Monica is being called up to meet with Fury not mm -hmm. with Carol so mm -hmm. yeah he's gonna have to be in Captain Marvel 2 and presumably yep. that will also set up Secret Invasion yeah okay so number four Valkyrie I I like her Wait, you didn't give him a proper rating, though. Oh, yeah, I'd say four, I guess. Four? Yeah. Yeah, he's a five for me. Um, uh, <sighs> mm, wait, who? Valkyrie. Valkyrie. 
Oh, I really like her, but I wish I knew more about her. So I'm going to say four. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think that we see a snippet of a flashback of some trauma. Well, there's and not we really understand. much more to know. She was just sort of a good, loyal Asgardian soldier right. until until everything went bad. And then she really only I, became interesting after that, right? She was Fair. probably just a, yep. like sort of a rank-and-file soldier before that. One She's, of the best of the best, like the Navy SEALs right. of Asgard, basically, the Valkyries. She's hilarious. She can kick ass while drunk. Like, I guess, that's great. I guess a better analogy would be whatever the, the all-female Israeli um, elite military is called. I forget. Is the there... Mossad or whatever that they're not the, the all female oh. one, but they've got some sort of like this was like well get what Gal Gadot oh, was in or whatever. I have to right look now. for. I have to look um, that up. Wow. They've got some sort of like all female elite military. I don't unit know much about that. Do they really? Wow, yeah. like an Amazon unit? That's crazy. I did not know that. That's that's really cool. But um, it'll be interesting to see more of her um, in the next Thor movie now that she's king, not queen. <laughs> they actually yep, called her I king, king of Asgard, right? Yep. And they're going to get into the fact that she's supposed to be gay in the comics, too. So that she's going to be looking for a queen in, yeah. in this next movie. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to that because I, I want to learn more about her personal character, like more than just the trauma. They've got a lot of stuff in this next movie, though, because they've got Thor, Valkyrie. Yeah. I mean, it's also apparently going to be like Jane's movie because she's going to become right. Thor herself. Yep. And they've got all the Guardians of the Galaxy are also in the movie. And Christian Bale's villain. And now apparently Russell Crowe in a, in a minor role. So they've got some and, huge, yeah. I don't know what the heck this, this movie is going to be, how it's going to have beautiful. all of these it's different stories. It's going to be a beautiful crock pot full of like well, whatever. <laughs> Taika Waititi knows what he's doing. Presumably. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. All I right. can't wait. So number five, Wong. Oh, are you kidding? He's the best. He is the best. Um, so yeah, five. <laughs> what so about I, you? Yeah, I'd say maybe like three. I, I like him, but I think that one of the, so the, the problem that I have with the Doctor Strange movie is that it felt like it couldn't decide whether it wanted the characters to be, to be quippy or more serious. Like uh. it set up, it set up Doctor Strange from the beginning as being this, especially after his accident, being this like, right, you know, very internal, like morose, serious haunted character who driven yep. and then he haunted gets to, is a good word, then he yeah. starts quipping about beyonce and stuff i'm like where is this coming from and and in his subsequent appearances he is like the straight guy basically right yeah. like he's the serious straight guy like thor and loki show up yeah and he's like i didn't have time for you guys i've got serious stuff to do he's the straight man right yeah um and i feel but like it's hilarious but wong, i feel like wong kind of suffered from a little bit of the same thing in doctor strange where he was like the no-nonsense guy who doesn't smile and doesn't laugh right and then when they kind of loosen him up later on, I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah, but it would have been, but I, you kind of need somebody to be the comedic foil, I guess, but I don't know. So I, that kind of felt like the tone of that movie felt a little off in places for me. And so I wasn't quite sure. But again, his subsequent appearances, I liked him a lot too, because he's right. like, I'm not sure. I mean, when we see Dr. Strange too, and it's the two of them, you need, you kind of need someone to be lighter, mm -hmm. but by the same time, I kind of like it where they're both, they're both kind of prickly and they've got kind of like an odd couple thing going on where mm -hmm. neither, neither is really the funny one, but just the fact that they like mm -hmm. are constantly getting on each other's nerves, mm -hmm. but also like support each other. Yeah. Can be, you know, even if neither one of them is cracking jokes and making pop culture references, I feel like it could still work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I like him, but I have to say three just because I feel like I, I kind of want to see more of him. Maybe that's fair. Maybe I should dock him a point um, because you're right. I don't really know much about his background, but... Um... Then again, I mean, he was supposed to be a sporting character, so that's why. So maybe a four, maybe between a four and a five. Okay. Should we move on to our shows? Ready. Okay, so we've got um, so Black Lightning was a was a uh, last Skip minute week. last minute rerun this week yeah. for some reason. So we've got Superman and Lois, Batwoman, Flash, and Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yep. So Superman and Lois, this one was called The Best of Smallville. Very good. Uh, and so we got the Harvest Festival, mm -hmm. right, which Clark is super excited for. 
Um, there's His excitement is palpable. It's so good. There's the stuff with the continuing thread of Lois and Chrissy investigating Morgan Edge and mm -hmm. the mother and the son show back up, but there's clearly something off about the son. Mm -hmm. uh, he has like a, a burst of heat vision mm -hmm. at the, at the was that supposed to be? Community, community Center, center yeah, or school gym or whatever that was. Sets it on fire while it's seven, got all the yeah. donations for the festival. And then later Chrissy traces him to Creepy Lady with an LL name who, who I can't remember. Oh, like right. Laura, Laura something or other? I don't remember. All I remember is that Lois Lane called her a freak show, and it was hilarious. <laughs> Unless Liz's freak show has something to say. No, didn't think so. Okay, bye. Um, and <laughs> they discover there where they're imbuing these these people with mm -hmm. ex-kryptonite. Putting them um, in some sort of a giving them MRI. Giving them kryptonian powers. <laughs> yeah. Um, Superman shows up, fights him, and he like self-destructs at the end. Yeah. Meanwhile, Captain Luther is... Which, did we take that to mean that it's a suicide? Because it seemed like he shut his eyes i just and assume then... i just assume that it's temporary that the human body can't withstand yeah, that's what i thought but it seemed like he kind of did it to himself and that's how clark treated it after the fact so i was like I wait you, what i think you can like i mean maybe maybe if you like really control yourself and, right. and don't overexert yourself you can maintain the state for longer but he kind of flared out mostly on purpose because he's like a nothing to live oh, for anymore basically flared out on purpose okay Right, so because he wasn't really trying to accomplish anything, I don't think no. he was trying to kill Superman. He was trying to distract him from destroying the machine. He said, "Protect the asset at all yeah. cost." To the other Kryptonian wielding freak show, I'm going to call her Freak Show until I, we learn her name. Um, obviously, she's an important character. Well, we did she learn was... her name. We just don't remember. It. <laughs> right. it, was, it was another LL name. I just <laughs> didn't retain it. We should, yeah, pick up on that. Um, because she's been in several episodes now, and she's always at Morgan Edge's side, so she's going to be a key player. She's like. She's like the Mercy Graves to um, Lex Luthor. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, and Captain Luthor is kind of following everybody around, yep. tries to sort of ingratiate himself into Lois's life by pretending to be another reporter and having information about Morgan Edge. Yep. He tracks Superman at the end and is, you know, just a little too late to to find him. Mm -hmm. We discover here that um, that he was... If not married, then at least in a relationship with Lois Lane on his earth. I thought it was married. No, she said he said specifically, but she's married to somebody else, which made me think yeah. that he was married you to her. You can kind of read that either way. Yeah, yeah. you can. It, I guess there is room for ambiguity. There, but I mean, but but that's, it, how it's, I, but that's how it clicked It's basically mind. like the Earth 3 thing where you had Ultraman instead of Superman and Lex Luthor was yeah. the hero and was married to Lois Lane. Right. So it seems like basically the analog we're going with here. Right. Um. Let's see what else. There's more with, um, well, with Jordan and Jonathan, right? Jordan gets dumped by his girlfriend. I'm sorry. Uh, Jonathan gets dumped by his mm -hmm. girlfriend, which I think we probably all saw coming. Yeah. Um, there's some scenes which are kind of hard to watch where he kind of goes off the rails a little bit and drinks. Goes drinking yeah. with the two losers who drink. <laughs> and then sort of makes an ass of himself and, In and interrupts a tender oh, moment between uh, Jordan and, uh, is it Sarah? Sarah Cushing, right? That's yep. her name? Mm -hmm. Um yeah, those are kind of hard to watch. And then, but then there's a nice scene at the end. And interspersed throughout the episode, we get scenes of Clark kind of being mm -hmm. a jerk to his mom when he was their age. Right. That um, was good. That was good insight. And then later, there's a nice scene where he he sort of de-escalates things with Jonathan and says, you know, this is this is your one, basically. This is your one. This <laughs> like, is your one free pass. Your one, your one free pass. Yeah. For, um, for an egregious gonna, crime that you gonna, already know is bad. You know, yeah. you're, we're going to give you another chance. You're going to give Smallville another chance. And if mm -hmm. things still aren't working out, then we can revisit this. But for now... You know, let's just let's, let's just kind of like all forgive each other, basically, right? Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> Lois calls him a softy as soon as Jonathan leaves the room, and I was all there for it. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I like that. I like the family dynamic. And I love that that's how he was able to get through to Jonathan, too, in terms of like when 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 you think nobody understands you as a kid, especially like everything is so black and white. And um, when you think that nobody understands you and your parents are out to get you and, and like they just can't possibly understand the complexity of your situation and then to have that moment where the parent gets through and really proves that they can empathize with the situation like I I know that he was saying it earlier in the episode like I know what you're going through but to have him demonstrate it by by not punishing him I know that's so weird but to demonstrate like listen this is your one because I really do understand your frustrations I was there I was there and I walked your sho- walked in your shoes before you were born so I feel like that the shock of not being punished for something so heinous as getting drunk in public and like ruining a whole bunch of stuff um uh, was was enough to kind of shake some sense into Jonathan and and that moment was so clutch. It was just really well designed and really well written and really well performed. What I like I is love that, that scene. What I like about their relationships is even even when they have conflict and even yeah. when they sort of shout at each other or they there's still mm-hmm. there's still a um, a baseline level of of communication that they have. Like the yeah. kids, the kids are never really like with, with maybe like occasional exceptions, but they're never really like. Like some teenagers would be where they just they don't want to hear anything their parents have to say. They right. assume their parents were n- don't understand anything, don't mm-hmm. know what they're going through. Right. Like they when they when they even when they're mad at their parents, they're usually willing to like to listen with, to what they have to say and and come to an understanding. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's a there's a very solid foundation of communication and yeah. and trust there that. And that, I love that even the sibling rivalry isn't that. <sighs> dramatic it's not like wb sibling rivalry where they're just willing to just punch each other in the face no it's not rivalry so much as it is like when when one of them gets something that he wants the other kind of loses something is it's not like they're competing for the same thing necessarily they're not even really giving much of a sense that they're competing on the football team i I say sibling rivalry because that's basically the shorthand for having siblings always at each other's throats and this is not their relationship because even when jonathan was drunk and interrupted a date that was very hard for for poor Jordan to get and he he embarrasses him but even then he's able to sort of get snapped back into reality by both Jordan and Sarah yelling reading them the riot act which was a great scene um I just like that Jonathan's core identity is not to push back it's actually to be to be a little bit understanding so even in his drunk self even when he's in that state he's sort of apologetic and instantly realizes that he crossed some lines like he instantly apologizes it's it's nice it's good writing it's good character building it's nice to see people like that you know so i'm glad i'm i'm here for it do you have anything else to say about this one um we were expressing a little bit of anxiety about where the show is going in terms of like well now sam lane is gonna side with luthor and stuff like that um against his own family um which we hope doesn't happen because that would be the exact idea of the wb drama that we don't want to see but besides that i really enjoyed this episode and i just hope that the setups continue to pay these kinds of dividends you know yeah, but we'll have to wait a while because there's going to be a seven-week hiatus because of 
some sort of COVID-related delay. Right. So in the meantime, we're resuming Supergirl, and then they'll trade off again in seven weeks, and okay. we'll get more of Superman and Lois. Presumably, we'll get the second so half of the, the season. So this was the last episode? For, for seven weeks. Okay. Okay. So we we'll get know Supergirl that. for seven weeks, and then Superman and Lois will come back and presumably finish its season, and then okay. Supergirl will resume over the summer, which was the original plan, I think, was for Superman and Lois to run like all 15 episodes because right. it's, it's a shorter season. And then Supergirl was going to start in the summer. Mm-hmm. But now they're okay. sort of doing like half, 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 and half. They're sort right. of trading off because Superman and Lois had a delay, apparently. Maybe they had like a positive COVID test on set or something, and they had to shut everything down for a couple of weeks. I yeah. don't know exactly what happened, but. Yeah. They probably didn't need to hold everything back seven weeks, but I think they figured, well, if we're gonna put, if we're gonna start Supergirl, we should at least have a, let, let it, it run for a bit, right? Of, like one Supergirl, one or two Supergirl episodes, then back to Superman and Lois, or having them that's alternate or some weird plan. That's what I think that they plan. did, so and I think that's a smart. Let's just split it in half. Right, it's a smart time, and not only that, but it gives the team a little bit of the the Superman and Lois team a little bit of more wiggle room to recover from the COVID hit, and you know, still have time for post production yeah. and put all the bells and whistles on the on the final product so that's that's good it's a good call so so batwoman this one's called rule number one Mm. so we pick up i guess like there's i feel like i was a little disoriented at the beginning because the last end of the last episode everybody was still on koreana ryan was dying and it's like oh we've got we've got the flower back here in gotham but you got to get her back here quick and i guess that all happened off screen and she's all better yeah so okay i I was there for it it seems like it was a little bit of a skip um but I don't think we needed it. it. It was understood that that's exactly what it was going to happen in next episode. So why even bother wasting screen time on it? I guess. I, I, I don't um, know. I, I like the call. So so everybody's coming to terms with Kate actually being dead, even though we know she's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're introduced to Black Mask for the first time in person. Yeah. What do you um, think about this performer? I didn't know that he was going to be out of the he's, mask. He's okay. I don't I don't really have much of a read on him yet. I mean, he's, he seems like he's doing a good job. Mm-hmm. Um there's an it, there's a whole storyline with the commissioner being shot and Sophie's younger sister, who's like a bit of an activist, um, gets involved in the story and she was a witness and you know, if they have to yep. protect her and, yep. and also um the name of Ryan's girlfriend is is eluding Angelique. me. Angelique mm-hmm. um was, was involved. She was the driver for the whole thing, and so there's a whole question about whether which one of them is gonna come forward and how that's all gonna work. Um and then at the end there's a nice scene where Ryan basically says Okay, now that this is basically permanent, you know, Kate's right. not coming back. I'm Batwoman now. You know, we kind of need to have, let's formalize this and come up with like some ground rules of like what's important to us as a team. And so it was like number three, number two, and number one in that order were, um, what was it? Support, accountability, yep. and legacy, right? Yep. I mean, I feel like the way that the way that it was shot, um, I couldn't read legacy very oh, well yeah. at first, and she didn't say it for a little while. Like, she didn't actually use the word for like a couple of minutes. She was talking about like what it meant, but if that actually said, so I'm looking at that, like, what is that? Is it Gacy? What's Gacy? Like, <laughs> I, I, was... I read it. I read legacy. But yeah, I mean, having the white um, uh, marker on a transparent background with blown out yeah, white I'm lights like, in the yeah. background was I'm maybe like... not such a good shooting choice. Rule they number one, Gacy. It. Yeah, they could have changed the, the color of the marker and it would solve that problem. Yeah. But, you know, then they said what there was. So I, I, I guess I get it. I mean, it makes sense for her to be more of a um, more socially conscious, you know, like we're yes. not just going to go out there and beat up the bad guys. We're going to try to, like, lift people up at the same time. So that makes sense for her. Yep. Yeah. I thought it was a good episode. I thought that was great. The Alice stuff is interesting. Like, she's cracking up even more. Uh, we see the return of, like, the young Kate and Beth actress here. Yes. Um, Alice is back in the place where she was. Uh, Hold being up. held or at least we assume in her she mind, is. maybe yeah. she's imagining that too maybe yep. she's not actually there who knows yep um yeah she imagines the k 
cat that she had to bury is you know she digs it up and the cat's still alive and the so one yeah, that she's, the caterpillar man killed she's kind of cracking yeah. up and then she's like oh if i can um if Generate. i if, if, if i'm basically losing it and i can choose my own reality then why don't i just choose to forget that kate ever existed and that'll relieve me of my pain yeah so that's maybe, a great idea so maybe oh, that's what yeah <laughs> Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, but I thought it was a good episode. I thought so, too. It's going to be interesting to see what happens next. So Flash, this one was Central City Strong. Yep. Um, I wonder, sometimes it seems like it rings a little false to me where, and other I've seen other shows do this, too, where it's like, okay, well, this time we're really going to focus on, oh, the city has to rebuild and everybody has to, the city gets, like, friggin' blown up or attacked every three. Was, Why this time about, is yeah. it such a big reconstruction effort? I, was, I feel like this isn't even the biggest. No. All that happened this time was there some was people. There was a giant some black glass, hole above the Some city. glasses got, some, some mirrors and stuff got, and windows got broken. Yeah. And a bunch of people were running around the streets. Mm-hmm. But that's really it. Like, we've had, yeah, like you say, huge tornadoes black, black holes hole particle event. accelerator explosions yeah. huge light crazy lightning strikes yeah. and this is the thing that requires right. like a long protracted and it buries like all the, like the city can't take another tragedy after the, after this this is the one like this is the one yeah i don't know Some, sometimes it feels like the writers are like oh well why don't we do an episode that deals with like the fallout from right all the dis- but like i thought that you can't do that in season seven like right. they've already had 15 I different know, exactly. disasters yeah um, anyway. I thought the the follow the fallout of the trauma with being kidnapped and watching your loved ones interact yeah. with that that was really. I effective. actually thought all that those scenes great. were I, I all the all the Iris stuff I thought was really well written in yeah, this episode. Same, I, yeah. It really feels like that was kind of where the writer's heart was in this episode. Mm-hmm. Like, and I like I like that uh, I like Abracadabra coming back. It's been that like four great. or five years for him. Uh, David Desmalchin is obviously he's in everything these days, right? He was in he was in the Dark Knight. He was in. Oh yeah, was, that's wasn't right. Wasn't he also in Gotham? I mean, he oh was God, in. He was. He was in. He's obviously he's in this. Um, was he, he in Gotham? Yeah. Did he, he play in, some sort of a crazy? He was in Gotham for a little bit. I can't do? remember who he played. And then obviously he's in the Ant Man movies. And now he's going to be in uh, the Suicide Squad as the polka dot man, right? So he's all yep. over the superhero. That's stuff. great. That's great. Um, <laughs> he's great. Yeah, and he's fun in this. Um, I like the I like the the motivation from yeah. for this here is interesting where. He lost his family was basically erased by the crisis. Yeah. And he because of future technology, he was able to remember them. And so now he knows what he lost. And yeah. he's trying to, you know, either bring them back or, or make Barry pay for, for all that. Right. The the fact that Barry could reach him again and sort of um, talk him down was good. Right. It felt a little pat at the end, though, where now all of a sudden he's fully on board and he's helping Barry. And Barry's calling him by his first name like the best pals. Yeah. And then this other big threat comes up and immediately kills him. That was bummer. Like, that was that was no bueno. I could have like, done worse. Like, mm-hmm. well, I still I still hate you, but I'm not going to kill you today. You know, like the Captain Kirk Gorn thing. Like, maybe I am a killer, but I'm not going to kill you today, kind of thing. And he and he retreats, or he's like, okay, well, maybe I forgive you, but like, have him immediately be like helping Barry, help defending Barry, and then dying heroically. I felt like too much. That's too much of a. That was too quick for me. For for me, it worked, but I didn't like that he had to die. That sucks. Um, that it just was seems just, like on these shows, you're either a hero or a villain, right? I, it's like well, when the hero rede- when the hero redeems the villain, they're immediately all is forgiven, and they're like fighting on the good guy's side. And well, no, like, all wouldn't have been forgiven. Like he would have gone to jail or whatever. No, else. Barry like, would have let him go back probably. to his own time and 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 but, uh, recover. He absolutely okay, well, would maybe. have. He wouldn't have tried to throw him in some. Some 21st century jail. Yeah, maybe. Even though he really should have because he murdered people when he came back here, yeah, right? He but did. I, but yeah. I really think that if he'd survived, he would have been just like, well, you go back to your future and don't come back, basically. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, and then this big hulked out CG lady shows mm-hmm. up at the end with a somewhat passable CG character, I guess. Yeah. It's so hard to do like a CG human. It is. It works tough. a lot better if it's like King Shark or Grodd or whatever. But the right. big well, human, they sort of especially when they're so unrealistically presence. proportioned. Yeah, of course. Like, I well, mean, that's why I didn't I didn't bump on it. Yeah. I mean, the colors, maybe like VFX artists could have polished up the colors so that it better matched the scene so it didn't feel take you out of the moment as much because I feel like some it of the just lighting like on the model cartoon. was a bit, yeah, it, it was a bit much. Um, but, but we're assuming she's the Strength Force user because exactly. we're assuming the colored lightning that was released last episode yep. has activated the other forces. Yep. Um, and she doesn't know how to control it yet. Or she's a bad she guy. She murdered somebody. Yeah. I mean, do you think so? I mean, she. do you think she's a bad guy? I mean, the turtle's a bad guy, so it's not like all the other Force users are, are heroes. No, I know. It's just judging from the comics. From the comics, like, Fuera um, was a good guy. So. Yeah, was, eventually. She was... Although, yeah, I mean, she didn't go around killing people. You're right. But, I mean. She used they, her strength they want to this, make her community if better. They, like, if they want else? this, But if they That's... want this to be, if they want the new Force users to be the threat for the first half of the season, then at least some of them have to be bad guys. I mean, in, she, I in, feel like she's out of control. But in the comics, you could do a whole storyline where he goes around and kind of like learns about them and recruits them because you have the pacing is different. You have other ongoing threats in the comic and they uh-huh. can sort of bring it around to that. But here where you need a new villain, like once or twice a season, a new big bad. And yeah. unless you're going to keep recycling ones, you need I to have guess. a new one. And so I imagine at least one of the force users because you can't be like, well, the, the bad guy is the fact that we need to learn about these forces and like, oh, the still this one is draining the speed force. Like that, that's too abstract. You need a big villain to fight at the at the halfway point of the season. Right. So yep. I think at least one of them is probably going to have to be a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. This was the second episode. This was Star Spangled Man, mm-hmm. um, which is a reference to the. The name of the song that the I don't know what you call it the USO USO show that yep. Steve used to sing in back in World War II and they reprised the same theme here as sort of a big band yes. football stadium march kind of thing yeah, that John Walker runs thing. out to yeah so I really like this one I th- I think I liked them I mean they were trying to two very different episodes the first one was more of like a character study almost with yeah. m- elements of action whereas this one was a lot more action obviously uh, with a lot of like sort of buddy cop quipping back and forth between sam and bucky right as well as like the 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 therapy scene where they're like right up against each other i mean there's a lot of buddy buddy comedy buddy cop stuff here which we kind of knew was going to be the tone yeah um it was hilarious it was great the john walker character is interesting so i mean obviously the beginning of the episode is kind of designed to make us I mean, the end of the first episode, like, who's this jerk, right? Right. The beginning of this one is immediately kind of supposed to get us more on his side, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we see that he's got a family, yep. his wife. And, I mean, to, to be relatively blunt about some of this stuff, his wife, his wife appears to be non-white, right? So, it's not, it's not like he's, oh, the government picks some white guy, but he's going to end up to be, like, some right. white supremacist, and he doesn't want Sam to be the next Captain America because he hates all black people or whatever, right? right? Like, his wife has is darker skin, so... It's, and his best friend, uh-huh. right? And old-time army buddy who kind of becomes his Bucky here to a certain extent. Yeah. Battlemaster or whatever he calls no, himself. No, what do you call it? Um, star, something with a star in it. Battlestar. 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 Yeah. That's right. Um, so, and his best friend here. I'm, but it, but even then, I feel like, not that Walker is is a racist necessarily, but again, I feel like either either the people that picked him or the writers of the show would be like, oh, he's he's he can't be... He can't be a bad white guy. Look, he's got a black best friend, right? Like right. it's that old trope. You know oh what I mean? Lord. But it's yeah. like the new Captain American can't be black, but for optics, we got to make sure that he's got a, a black sidekick, right? Right. Just like his cap had, I, cap had I Sam. I know well. we got to give him like, a black oh, sidekick, Lord. right? Yep. Um. So, but I mean, it's all it's all playing into that, and whether yeah. he's oblivious to to that sort of like PR level 
that he's being forced to operate under who knows mm-hmm. um but we and we learn more about him like he's got he was a football hero and he's got like decorated military officer and he seems like a nice guy and he's, yeah. like, he and his wife have like a really sweet relationship seemingly yeah. and he's best friends with this guy who seems really nice and then he comes out and he's doing the interview on Good Morning America or whatever that was and he's pretty like sort of self-effacing and right. self-aware and we're like oh this guy seems like a pretty nice guy now by the end of the episode he's got like the stubble and he's t- say, telling Sam and Bucky to you know, stay, stay the hell out, out of my way. way if you're not going to work with by me. By the same token, as a lot of people online are like, yeah, he's been nothing but like cordial to them when he didn't have to be. They're right. screwing up his official military operation, yeah, right? Yeah. He's still constantly being trying to be nice to them, building bridges with them. Like, hey, well, you come help me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we'll work together on this. And they keep not only saying no, but also being like insulting to his face and saying, you don't deserve to be Captain America. Get out of here. You're... You suck. You're just going to put, you're going to get us, you're going to get people killed, right? And so at the end, yeah, he like, he's a little, he's a little mean to them. Yeah. But, you know, that's understandable, right? It's not like, it's not like they're constantly being, trying to be nice to him. Right. He's being mean to them. Right. 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 He's starting to give a little bit, give a little what he got, right? Yeah. So I feel like that's, that's understandable. I just hope that they're not going to make him a bad guy. I kind of hope that he is what he is in the comics, which is like, He's not the most like. I'm trying to think of how to phrase this. Like, he's 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 got a, he's a little hot tempered and he's not like a good fit for the role. But he's a good he's a good guy, right? And he's a right. hero. It's not like they're gonna turn. I just hope they don't do. I think everybody's a little traumatized after Wandavision, where they introduced the character. What was the, what was his name? I've already forgotten his name. The head of sword. Um, oh, oh, Heathcliff. Yeah. What was his name? <laughs> Henshaw Heathcliff. Henshaw. That's no, that's no. not it. Um, but they, I was like, oh, this guy seems like a nice guy, and he seems like, oh, like the the moves he's pulling might seem a little, right. a little shady. Miranda, but Miranda uh, Rambo back into the game, like Monica. He, Monica, oh my god, I'm sorry. It's like, oh, he seems like a nice guy, and oh, he's he's doing some things that are questionable, but oh, you can kind of see where he's coming from because he's got this responsibility and he's trying to protect people, and yep. one that kind of is a threat. Right. And then by the end, he's like pointing guns at kids, and like he's basically a cartoon superhero. Yeah. Villain. So I just hope that they don't do the same thing with John Walker here. Now, WandaVision needed to have some kind of villain, arguably. Um, this, you've got Zemo, you've got the Flag Smasher. So hopefully you've got, like, the government, the U.S. government, as being, like, the people who don't want Sam to have the shield, right? So mm-hmm. they're kind of an antagonistic force, too. Mm-hmm. Hopefully they don't. Hopefully Walker can be can, can be kind of, like, at worst an anti-hero. Right. Where he doesn't want to give up the mantle. Maybe he's forced to, or maybe he, he relinquishes it ultimately at the end after some sort of, like... A lot of people are speculating, well, they've introduced here the concept of the power broker here, and we know that there's now some super, some new generation of super soldiers, which yes. we'll talk about. Some people are like, oh, well, because Walker, he tries to fight them at the beginning and gets his butt handed to them, right? Yep. Like, he's not up for this. Like, nope. Sam, like, Bucky's, like, most mostly super soldier, plus he's got a cybernetic arm. Sam's got all this technology. They're they're a better match, and even they get their butts kicked, right? Yep. Like, Walker, there's no way he's going to be keep, keep up with these nope. guys. So is he going to? He got a couple lucky shots in, but, is but he they, gonna, they got floored. Is he going to kind of do a, a Tim Roth in Incredible oh, Hulk? He's like, oh, oh to keep no. up, to keep up with these guys, I need to get injected with right. this stuff and, too. And it goes, but wrong. but it wouldn't necessarily have to go wrong. I mean, clearly it worked on Isaiah Walker. Yeah. It worked on the Walker or Washington. I don't know. I didn't. Catch I've forgotten his last already. Name. Um, and it worked you know on from the and comics, it worked so on these flag smasher characters. Yeah. It doesn't seem like it, I mean they're doing I bad mean, stuff, but it doesn't seem like it turned them crazy. Like it didn't turn them into a crazy, crazy abomination monster like it did with Tim Roth, right? Right. right. So, but I mean, is that going to be the thing where he's like he's got a bit of an inferiority? And that was part of his character in the comics too. Is like 
not 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 I mean it's understandable he yeah. had a bit of an, an inferiority complex to, yep. to Steve Rogers right yeah so he's like oh if I'm if I'm going to be the new Captain America if I'm, I'm going to keep up if I'm going to be what this country needs and yep. like and what my fellow soldiers need I need to have the super soldier serum too and maybe he crosses some lines to get it or it affects his judgment or yep. he, you know he crosses the line in some way but we still sort of see where he's coming from mm-hmm. that would be kind of my hope where they go with him because he seems like a likable guy the actor is likable like I and it'd be nice to see that him maybe pop up in other future projects is like an occasional hero shows up here or he teams up with somebody like they could they could do more with this character and he seems like he's a he's -hmm. a good character so i hope they don't just completely make him a villain um but they discover that these news these the flag smashers are basically super soldiers Mm -hmm. um they have no idea how that could be possible bucky has one lead but it's a slim lead so they go to what was it baltimore uh, I think I can't it was Baltimore. Where it was. They I go to Baltimore um, and they find Isaiah, yep. who's played by Carl Lumbly, and so good. who either bulked up considerably for a five-minute role, or they put him in like a muscle suit because he looked like. No, I think he's just jacked. No, but we just saw him in Supergirl. Like he's yeah. a he's a pretty well, thin they, guy. They put him in some sweaters. It doesn't mean that I he think, doesn't have muscles under there. No, I think I think they I think they put him in some padding to make him look like yeah he's older, but he used to be like. I don't think that was Pat. He used to be I like Chris Evans level. And ripped. not only that, but depending on how you film it, like just film one-on-one tricks. Like if you can, just the way you position a camera can accentuate or diminish the appearance of and what len- uh, what lenses you use. The camera, too. the camera adds a hundred pounds of I'm, muscle. Um, no, but I'm sure that he bulked up. I'm sure he keeps in shape for his I career. I mean, you, you don't you don't go through the level of physical training that Chris Evans has to go through to play Captain America in a whole series of movies just for a five minute a five minute role in, in somebody else's No, show. but I'm telling you, like I think that he just stays in shape. That's mm. why that's why he's aging so, so nicely. But because... um but they go here, they find this guy, and the idea was that he was given the super soldier serum after World War II because mm-hmm. the government decided it needed another super soldier or more more super soldiers. So they basically, and I'm trying to remember how much of this was in this episode and how much of it I'm bringing to it from the comics, but they basically tested it on a group of black volunteer soldiers. Yeah, quote, with a end quote. pretty um, blatant parallel to the Tuskegee, Tuskegee. experiments. Yeah. Um, Isaiah was like the one guy seemingly that it worked Survived, on. So he sort yeah. of became a new Captain America, but not really. Like, who knows if he was ever wearing any kind of... He became a tool of the government, yeah, deployed who knows, at their discretion. Yeah, who knows if he was ever wearing any kind of costume. In the comics, he... He had to like cross some sort of border, like some sort of national border, to get the mission done. Mm-hmm. But that caused, like, that was going to cause an international incident. So the government basically disavowed, like, disavowed him. him and threw him in jail, basically, yeah. or um, let him be thrown so, in jail by the other government. So something similar could have happened something here. Like that. But basically, you know, he gave everything for his country, and he was not only forgotten but also like imprisoned by his country. And you know, right now he lives in this neighborhood and this, you know, and has a crap life. Yeah, with. Most of his life being out of his control and being told, yeah, to for do like by how long was it? Like thirty years ethical. that he was in prison or something like that. Thirty years, yeah. that's crazy. So, so we meet this character, and so he's he's a character from the comics. Who knows if we're going to see more of him? We might see more of his grandson, who in the comics becomes a, a young hero of mm-hmm. his own. Um, but the idea here is that um, this is the only other guy that Bucky knows that could possibly have any link Intel. to new super soldiers. Yeah. And he sort of says in a, in a roundabout way when talking to Bucky, he references the fact that Hydra came after him one yeah. time. So now Bucky thinks, well, the only the only it's a slim lead, and it's like it's like a tangent of a tangent of a tangent. But right. this guy had the super soldier serum, and if Hydra came after him, maybe they were trying to get it, and maybe they succeeded. Mm-hmm. So maybe they could be behind these new super soldiers. Or, I mean, that literally could or be there what could made be something, Bucky. 
well we know what made bucky that was hydra that was right. um that was what's his name uh zola experimenting on him back in world war ii back before steve came and rescued him from the red skulls so i'm a little confused oh, okay okay so they both got right because that makes sense they gave him they dosed him with something mm-hmm. um which is how he survived the fall off of the mountain off of the they dosed so so a couple of I things mean, off the train a couple of things happened ones, yeah. bucky's platoon was captured by hydra and that's when Steve goes off the, becomes an actual right. fighter for the first time and goes and saves them all. He saves him, he saves Dum Dum Dugan, all those guys. Right. But but when you recall when he goes and he saves Bucky, Bucky was like strapped to this operating table and he was in a different area than the rest of the soldiers. Oh. They had been experimenting on him and they'd given him a do- given him a dose of what Red Skull had gotten, which was like an imperfect version of the super soldier serum oh. that Stanley Tucci had developed before he perfected it and gave it to Steve. Got it. That was how Bucky was able to later survive that huge fall off of the train that's into the how, ice. Okay. And then. Zola came and found him and his arm had had to be amputated and they gave him the metal arm and everything. But the only reason he survived that fall in the first place was because, of was the because he'd gotten he a, some, some of the some imperfect prototype ah. super soldier serum from Hydra. So so that's he, so he's not just a regular guy with a metal arm. He's got he's not he quite Captain Amer- right. America level, but he's maybe like 75% of the way there. Okay. Um, so so Hydra did have access to at least an imperfect version of that they had to because that's what the Red Skull got also, although yes. obviously it had big yes. side effects. But if they'd come and they'd somehow managed to procure some of Isaiah's blood or yep. or gotten some of the stuff that Isaiah got, they would have basically what seems like it was a perfected version of it. Who knows how the U.S. government had more to give to Isaiah? Did they? Yeah, keep I don't a, know. Did they? Were they able to replicate it somehow? Were they able to somehow get some of Steve's blood after World War II? Who knows? Um, but if Hydra was able to was was able to find Isaiah, maybe they were able to get some of it for themselves and maybe Hydra's behind creating these new super soldiers that the are in the ones, flag yeah. smashers. Exactly. So at this point we're like, okay, well, if Hydra might know something about this, who knows everything there is to know about Hydra? Well, that's Zemo, because Zemo basically taught himself everything there is to know about Hydra in order to in order to in order yeah, to carry out his grand war. plan in mm-hmm. civil war. So now they've got to go talk to Zemo, who's still in his little cell seemingly mm-hmm. um who knows how long he's been there if he was blipped or not he's either been there for a couple of years or like eight years right in the princess leia cell yeah in the same cell it's the same <laughs> cell number as princess leia was in in a new hope hilarious um yeah so it's interesting i mean i feel like here i mean they're they're being pretty on the nose about some of the the race stuff but I feel like that's that's fine. I, I mean, don't you kind of want to ram the, the point home. I think it's yeah. Well, it's, the scene, the scene where the cops pull up just because Sam and Bucky yep. are having a heated a yep. heated conversation mm-hmm. in the middle of the street and they automatically assume that Sam is the aggressor. They act to see yeah. his ID. They don't listen to the fact when Bucky is saying, "No, we're friends. We're just talking, right?" Like I don't you need your help. You say that's on the nose, but I think that's well it's on the nose it's on the nose in as much as it happens hundreds of times every day that's what makes it on the nose is that we're not using some obscure we're not using some allegory or metaphor star trek style no we're literally having the cops pull up and say you're black (laughs) we don't like you talking in the middle of the street we're gonna you're talking too loudly for our comfort yeah i mean it's not exactly it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty pointed but i think that what we're seeing i mean we're seeing all these kind of like microaggressions Mm -hmm. towards sam there's the bank scene in the in the first episode there's Mm -hmm. this scene here there's the fact that the new captain america comes in he's a white guy obviously but i think the fact that they had this come that sam is now learning it's really smart to introduce i'm like why are they introducing this isaiah character now like They're just bringing it's like super soldiers all over the place, yep. right? Because we've already got Bucky. Yep. Um, now we got the flag smashers of super soldiers, and we're learning about Isaiah too. But I'm like, I feel like the fact that they introduced Isaiah here as mm-hmm. a black super soldier. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Sam comes out of there, and he's got like a little bit of the righteous anger. He's like, "You're telling me there was a black super soldier, fifty years ago? Yep. And it was covered up, and nobody knew. Like, That's, he, he yeah. sees like he's yep. gonna see a lot of himself in this guy. He's like, yep. 
the the government has been screwing over like any, anyone who tries to to embody this this ideal for the U.S. government, unless they're the right skin color, they get screwed over. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I feel like at a certain point, it's, he's going to get pushed and pushed and pushed, and he's going to be like, you don't, you, but you also don't want it to come from him. You don't want him to to choose to take the mantle out of a place of anger, right? right. You want him to do it with. There can be some element of righteousness to it. Yeah. Um, but it, you want it to also be like humility and respect for Steve and the fact that Steve wanted him to have it and the right. fact that he thinks, you know, you, you want, there's they a lot, come back they have to, some to of thread that the too. needle very yeah. well. Like you don't want him to take it and you feel like he's taking it over just to like but this is an important screw over for, the government, yeah. right? Yeah. There, could, there is, can be an element of that too, there, but to yeah. Talk about too. But, I, but I feel like that's why, that's why they have that character there. He's going to be like, he's, I have a chance now to, to make the world sort of see Right. A black Captain America in the way that the world wasn't ready to or the or the the, the people in power didn't want the world to see mm-hmm. 50 years ago. Yep. It ruined this man. This Here was a good man who sacrificed everything. His life was ruined. Mm-hmm. I'm in a much more fortunate place. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, financial family, financial problems aside. Um, and, and I'm you know, I've got right. all this. Like like my, I like, can I can be what he tried to be. You know, like right. I can I can take his baton and honor mm-hmm. him and honor Steve and do all of this in the way that like some some John Walker guy. And I feel like there's there's also a nice scene where we're kind of all, all over the place here. But it's kind of also nice, I forget whether Sam or Bucky brings it up. Um, but they ask Walker, have you ever had to jump on a grenade? Which, of course, recalls the yes. classic scene from the first Captain America movie. Yep. And he's like, but he kind of brushes it off. He's like, oh, yeah, a couple of times I got like this reinforced helmet and I can put it on the grenade and everybody's yep. safe. Right. And it's like, yeah. And but, I'm sure that's still there's still an element of danger to that because who knows that that's the hat, right, the, could, the helmet could fail or sure. it might not be able to contain or could be some sort of special grenade whatever who knows he goes like six or seven times the, a week or something crazy like that the, or I don't know what but he the did. point but the point is like he doesn't it doesn't seem like he really understands that element of personal sacrifice right. like that selflessness right yeah like I'm sure there's an element of selflessness. And, and, you know, if you dev- if you choose to go into the military and you put all the like you're you're choosing to serve something greater than yourself. I mean, there's obviously a lot of reasons why people go into the military, but he doesn't seem like he got into the military just to shoot people. He seems mm-hmm. like his heart is in the right place. But, you know, you go back to those conversations between Steve and Erskine in the first movie, how yep. he didn't want a perfect soldier. He wanted a good man. Right. Yes. And if Steve was like, you know, 90 percent good man, 10 percent, you know, soldier yeah walker is maybe like 50 50 or something like he is a good guy yeah but he's also a professional soldier right, right? he doesn't right. think about things nope. the same way he's mm-hmm. like oh i've got this equipment i can use this equipment to minimize risk right mm-hmm. steve would be like and you wouldn't even training, think he has good skill you know? like he throws the shield but and he he's very competent with it he practices they showed little clips of him actually you know yeah and people online were like how can skills. he throw the shield right. like that if he's not a super soldier well in the in the movies they make a point like the shield is actually way it's like what it's makes it so light. crazy yeah. is that it's super tough but it's also super light yep. right mm-hmm. so anybody with you know, and they, then they say, "Oh, Walker is like off the charts in terms of his strength or whatever." I don't know how that's possible. Yeah. I guess he's just like a like peak a really, physical condition, right, exactly. But yeah, he can throw it. I mean, we even see in the trailers. It's a bit of a spoiler now, apparently in the trailers. But we saw in the trailers Sam throwing it around like he throws it into mm-hmm. a tree or whatever, mm-hmm. right? So like mm-hmm. he gets gonna, obviously going to get get it back at some point. But yeah, it's not that regular people can't throw it. It's the throwing it with that that sort of unerring accuracy and yes. like the number of ricochets involved to catch it again is requires like years of practice and also incredible hand eye coordination and all yep. this stuff that mm-hmm. Steve just kind of got when he got the serum yeah. right and then he needed to practice more with it obviously but yeah but, but I, still, yeah. I think they're doing a good job i mean in the scenes with sam and bucky and their sort of relationship are interesting there's a great scene i mean the 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 sort of uh therapy scene is sort of played for laughs at the beginning but then there's a great thing to the end and it's like 
Bucky, the, the big revelation here is that Bucky's afraid that if the reason why he wants Sam to take yes. up the shield, or one of the reasons is that if you don't, if you if you don't take it up, maybe you, you didn't deserve it. And if mm-hmm. you and if you didn't deserve it, that, that means, means that Steve, Steve was, was wrong, wrong about and you. And if Steve he was wrong, was wrong about you, maybe he was wrong about me. Yeah. Like, he's got nothing. He's got no life. He's got his only friends, quote unquote friends, are like people that he's trying to like pay Atone. back karmically for right. murdering their families, right? Right. Steve is gone. He's off doing who knows what. Who knows if he even sees him anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, his apartment is like a Steve Jobs apartment where it seems nice enough, but there's no furniture. No, right? he, he sleeps on the floor. <laughs> yeah. Like he doesn't even deserve, he, in his mind, he doesn't even this, deserve This therapist comforts. is probably the closest thing he has to a friend. Yeah. I mean, she, she old, highlights it really nicely when she looks at his phone. She's like, I'm the last, I'm the only like, person you've called this week. That is sad. And then she's like, she has the scene in the first episode where she's like, you're free. And he's like, free to do what? Like yeah. He doesn't know what he, he's got nothing. He's got no ambitions. He's got no goals. Yep. He's got no friends. He's got all he has. The only thing that gets him up in the morning, the only reason why he probably doesn't kill himself mm-hmm. after, and the weight of like all the horrible things that he's done and the nightmares the that haunt that him yeah. steve n- thought that he could be redeemed and then all these great scenes so he's in working si- all the great that. scenes in civil war yeah. right that the amount of like the avengers were torn apart mm-hmm. people died right all this horrible stuff happened because of him because steve thought that he was worth saving right if steve yeah. had just let martin freeman have bucky yeah right mm-hmm. let let black panther kill him or let iron man bring him to justice or yeah. let martin freeman's character have him a lot of horrible stuff would have been averted, but Steve was willing to risk it all because he thought that he was not, he wasn't beyond saving, right? right? Yep. He wants that to mean something, mm-hmm, right? Like mm-hmm. he wants to honor that sacrifices that Steve made and he wants to be the kind of guy that Steve thinks he can be. But if, if, if Steve isn't quite the, the judge of character that everybody thinks he is, mm-hmm. then maybe he's not, maybe he's never going to amount to anything, right. right? And there's no point in even living anymore. Yeah. So that's that's all that's keeping him going, you know? It's a really interesting revelation it about is. his character yep yeah 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 no i really enjoyed it i think that's, me too so I we're think a third of the really way good. through now mm-hmm. um i know it's amazing it's and it continues to be a really cinematic uh experience oh yeah i mean it looks i Beautiful. mean like wandavision did too i mean if you i mean if you if you i mean so we talked about last week black widow you know is going to be on disney plus in july and so everybody's going to be well not everybody i think the majority of people are going to be watching that at home for uh-huh. the first viewing experience um I mean, you watch that at home for the first time. You watch something like this for the at home for the first time. Yes. I don't think you'd really be able to tell which was made with, you know, two hundred million dollars. I mean, who knows? They probably were both made with two hundred million dollars. But which one is a quote unquote movie and which is a TV series? Right. right? Like the right. the line is, they're probably. I mean, the the amount of dollars per minute is probably mm-hmm. higher for mm-hmm. a two hour movie than for a six hour TV series. Mm-hmm. But I, they probably spend. It's not like. It's not exponentially more for Black Widow mm-hmm. than for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It might be like twice as much, mm-hmm. but it's not 10 times or 100 times more in mm-hmm. the way that you compare Black Widow to like a season of The Flash or something. It's mm-hmm. probably like 100 times more money or something ridiculous like that, right? Yep. Um, they're in the ballpark at least. It's, it's you know? Yep. They're within spitting distance of each other and you spread that money out over six episodes. I mean, you're, you're probably not going to get like huge Infinity War style or Endgame style f- huge fight sequences with hundreds of characters and crazy cg stuff happening and face replacement and and you know yep all huge dozens of huge a-list stars in the same scene you're probably not going to get that here but for what they're trying to do you know yep. in terms of the cinematography and the special effects and everything and the music also continues to be great um and the costumes you mm-hmm. know they, these these don't look like cw level costumes these are costumes from the movie right right so i mean in some cases, literally. In other cases, like there's a new Falcon suit here, but it looks like movie quality. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's not like, you know, 
Grant Gustin's flash suit, which looks good, but looks like a TV costume compared sure. to like the Ezra Miller costume in the movies or something True. like that. True. Right? Yeah. 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 No, I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying it. I can't wait for the next episode. <laughs> Um, yeah, so if you want to reach out, we have an email address, mailbag at smartspodcast.com. Our Twitter handle is at smartspodcast. On Facebook, it's facebook.com slash smartspodcast. And our website is www.smartspodcast.com. Um, how about a funny sound for us? I don't have one. How about um, zoom? <laughs> What's that? I don't know. 